Yo, what's up, everybody? Pathlin here, and welcome to episode 1024 of AskPat 2.0. This is a show where entrepreneurs like you get coached, and y'all listen in so we can all get coached at the same time, and it's one of my favorite things to do. So make sure you stick around, because today we're talking with Adam, one of a uh, set of brothers, one or two brothers, who own an SEO agency, and they are looking to grow, but... How do you grow? Where do you grow? How do, where do you put those resources? Like those kinds of things. How do you make sure you're going in the right direction so that you're not kicking yourself later and going, oh, I wish I didn't make that decision. We're going to work through a few exercises today with Adam to help him brainstorm his next steps for his company. So make sure you stick around. It's going to be a good one that you can actually play along with us too. So stick around. All right. Now here's today's coaching session with Adam. Adam, what's up? Welcome to Ask Pat 2.0. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Pat. It's uh, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. And uh, this will be a lot of fun. Why don't you introduce yourself and your business to everybody right now? Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess my, my business is called SEO Brothers, and we're an, an SEO-only marketing firm. Um, started it while working in the agency space. Uh, started it with my brother. We, we are, in fact, brothers. Uh, started it while working full-time in an agency. Um, until it was able to sort of support me to, to come in full time. And, and basically, long story short, I've, I've transitioned full time into this business. Um, we we've have sort of a you know, set clientele with a mix of you know, direct to business clients. We have um, you know, six or seven agencies that we work with, and we have a handful of freelance partners. Uh, so we're, in terms of our revenue and our service offering, we're, we're pretty scattered. Uh, and now that I have all of this time, I guess, uh, I'm now wondering, like, where where do I focus my growth? Um, and to to rewind a little bit, we've separated the business uh, so that my brother, Devin, he's in charge of operations and sort of internal growth with existing relationships and existing partners. Mm-hmm. And I'm more focused on sort of sort of a, maybe a 50-50, 40-60 split between um, supporting the the technical specialists from a product knowledge standpoint, and then sort of new business growth, and you know developing, yeah, new relationships and and new business. And I guess that's that sort of leads me to my question today, and and what I wanted to pick your brain on was, you know, how do I choose one area of business to focus on um, when things have you know have historically been so scattered, and we have processes around sort of a, a lot of different ways of of working. Cool. Yeah, this will be great. I know a lot of people can relate to this sort of situation, although they might not have an SEO sort of a business. Uh, we all have a lot of things that we want to do. We all are doing things. How do we know where to devote our time and energy? So th- this will be a great, a great conversation. I want to ask you, like related to any decisions that you are hope- hoping to make, like what have you thought about? What's on your mind sort of related to that? What worries do you have? What's what's kind of you know eating away at you right now? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, now that I'm full time, uh, you know, I have three kids and, and the fourth on the way. Obviously, revenue is a, a big thing for me mm-hmm. um, and, and making sure the longevity of the business is here. Uh, but at the same time, making sure I'm able to bring in in new business quickly. Um, and so on that note, I've, you know, sort of tried to identify, well, what areas could build build revenue quicker than others and, and what are sort of more long term plays. And I think just that whole process has sort of hamstrung me in, in starting anywhere um, where you look at, well, the, the business decision cycle might be, you know, a, a few weeks if you get a good lead. 
where the partner sales cycle could be six months, you know, of relationship building before you see any any bit of work. So uh, I think just having sort of analyzed that and, and really taking the time to, okay, well, you know, categorize these different um, sort of streams of business is just, I've just been like staring at this, you know, notebook, thinking about it for, for so long and sort of um, unable to take action, I guess, if you will. When you say you're unable to take action, like what are you worried about related to all this? Uh, maybe choosing the wrong stream, you know, maybe going with something that, you know, maybe I feel would be more fun, but doesn't generate revenue as quickly. Um, and maybe either burning out of money or, you know, mental capacity, I guess, if you will. Uh, but I think, I think it's picking the wrong stream or, or having to, to pick and, um, I guess, yeah, choosing the wrong direction for the business. Great. So part of our role here is to, and our role as an entrepreneurs, uh, is, is to, you know, first of all, we, we, we often do our best to figure out what's going to happen, but there's no way to ever really know how things are going to turn out, right? But we can create a business plan. We can, you know, survey. We can do a lot of things. But the number one way to know which direction to take, actually, there's, there's two ways. Number one, uh, my favorite way is to do sort of thought experiments. And if you've read my book, Will It Fly? Or if anybody's read my book, Will It Fly? The first few chapters are thought experiments where you sort of like hypothetically make that decision now one way or another, you make a decision now, and then you kind of zoom into the future in your brain and you go, okay, what would life be like a year from now? How would things be? Um, this is related to choosing ideas to determine whether or not it fits into your life. It uh, fast forward into the future to determine how the business might be run. So if you were to make like, let, let's just say that you choose to go one route, what would that decision be? Like, let's just hypothetically go through this thought experiment right now. Um, Let's say you make a decision like I, w I want you to say the decision that you make and how your business would run and function if you were to make that decision. So let's let's try that experiment now. Sure. OK. Um, I guess I'll, I'll pick the one that I, I sort of keep coming back to over and over again. And that's sort of the the freelance or solo website builder or even sort of small design shop. Um, and I guess. By picking that stream, the business looks very processed, and I think that's why I've I've sort of been leaning there, uh, where we support the freelancers or the website builders to add more value to their clients, and we can do it in a way that is consistent and and repeatable, um, and to sort sort of support their redesign process and to make sure the you know the foundation of SEO is in place. Uh, I, I also see, and it's funny you had you know brought up your book and uh, the thought experiment. I, I did kind of go through this before, and in the freelancer space, I see training and I see um, community and I see masterminds and I see things that you know can wake me up a little bit more excited in the morning mm -hmm. than maybe you know just the typical direct to business agency lifestyle, which which I really enjoy, but can certainly burn you out a little bit quicker than than something a little bit more scalable and, and processed, I guess. Right. Okay. So it is it is uh May first, twenty nineteen. It's it's well, today the day we're recording this is May first, twenty eighteen. But a year from now, how many freelancers would you want in uh to, to be serving? I, I would say maybe between two and four hundred. Uh say call it three hundred freelancers. Two hundred and four hundred. Okay. So one one issue that you were worried about was was revenue. How is revenue looking at this point? Like what would the what would the deal structure be like for that? You know, I think um, the model that I, I'm sort of toying with is giving 
um, or making the partner commit to a little bit of a financial commitment. Uh, we had some issues with some of our partners where we overinvested time um, going mm. through processing and you know just relationship, and in the end, it sort of fizzling out. Um, and just getting just even a very small uh, monetary commitment uh, would allow us to more confidently invest in sort of helping them grow their services. So, you know, I'm thinking maybe like a small monthly fee to get access to us in a Q&A capacity. Um, so, you know, out of the, say, three or four hundred um, freelancers, maybe they're all paying, you know, 50, 60 dollars a month and then bringing on additional sort of. Um, projects on sort of a, an ad hoc capacity, I guess. Okay, so I'm a freelancer and I help people design websites, right? And mm-hmm. I want to I want to also offer my higher end clients, you know, perhaps who have a little bit more money, some more services such as SEO. But I don't know SEO, so I find you in, in this offering. Take me through the process of how you onboard me and when, like, just just the whole. Th- I like I want details to know how I'm going to sure. work how I'm going to work with you and how it fits in. Yeah, for sure. And, and the, you know, the, the reason why we like working with the freelancers is because there's less um, process already built around it. So we can help them form that process and sort of fit ourselves into their, their redesign process. Uh, and I think, you know, you had mentioned higher end clients. I really do feel that, you know, we want to make the most impact. And one of my sort of core beliefs in this industry is that, you know, that I, I truly feel that small business should have access to affordable SEO and mm-hmm. high, like highly effective SEO. And I think uh, I think it's getting there. But I think the the type of SEO that they have access to might not be the most beneficial long term. Sure. Um, and so I think it, it starts in the whole redesign process. Um, so to get back to your, your question, onboarding is is really a training in in how we can support them. Even their, you know, their lowest end clients, how could we can support them during the redesign process? So how we can look at, say, their old website and uh, make sure there's, you know, there's no risk or no missed opportunity while they're rebuilding their website. Um, and then, you know, basically take their process of building their website and then sort of inject out our steps and checks along the way. Uh, and I think this could be a very productized service and something that they Absolutely. could just offer to all of their, their clients. And then, yeah. And then if they do have a higher end, you know, project that needs a little bit of extra handholding or a little bit of extra work, um, we can sell that in, in a productized way that is just a little bit more, I guess, if that makes sense. It does. And I like how you addressed my concern for, you know, only offering this to uh, higher end clients because I figure that that that's what it would be, but I like the mission. I mean, that, clearly tells me what kind of brand you have and kind of what you're, why you're doing this. Um, and it also allows me to just provide better services for all of my clients, which I, which I think is, is fantastic. So that, that, that's exciting to me. Um, and I can see how it would excite you as well versus mm-hmm. kind of the other, you know, um, direct to business sort of model where it's kind of just business, business only, and there's no really relationship right. there often. Uh, you know, is- I, and I've I've worked for the multi-million dollar agency, and I I really enjoyed that lifestyle. But I can see it being just a, a long uphill battle, and one that, you know, it could be very exciting, but with you know with four kids, could be very exhausting for me as well. I guess. I mean, in terms of longevity, which you had mentioned earlier, I mean, to break that concern, I mean, if I if I work with you, and you know, I I now say that I offer SEO, I mean, how could I go back from that? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like once you're in, you're in sort of thing. Right. And and I think having an offering 
uh, primarily that doesn't rely on consistent changes or performance in Google. Uh, and what I mean by that is if we can help build the foundation for the, the proper on-page optimization during a rebuild, that, you know, that won't be influenced by the next Penguin or Panda update. Um, that's just, you know, consistent, good best practice SEO um, where it's less volatile, I guess, than, than this industry can be. So from your point of view, what is your work day like uh, a year from now? Well, I think um, I'd love my workday to be um, sort of high-level relationship and and training, um, and and then you know uh, more business development and growth. Um, I would love to take myself out of the uh, you know the project-based work and into more of the growth, but at the same time, more of the, you know, the training and the education of our existing partners as well. How might you get started down on this path now? Yeah, great, great question. Uh, I mean, focus, I guess. Um, and I think identifying, you know, what the freelance partner looks like that, that does generate us some, some good revenue and then trying to you know, go out and find that sort of persona or that, that potential client over and over again. Uh, we've dabbled in a little bit of, you know, cold email outreach. And um, yeah, I would love to explore maybe some Facebook ads or, or something like that. And I guess trying to find the right funnel to take them through some sort of onboarding and, and education piece, uh, I suspect would, would probably be some, some good first steps. How can you ensure that after some of those first steps that this is something you want to do? And continue to move forward, forward with. In other words, how, how would you, in your mind, validate this? What would need to happen, and by when, for you to go? Yes, this is this is how this is this is it. This is the way that I should go. I think um, I, I think how the freelance community reacts to it will have a big impact on me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that's that's just my personality. I like some sort of validation externally like that, and I think if. If I could get the buy-in and commitment from them that like, yes, this is exactly what we need or this is what we've been looking for, uh, then, you know, then that can, can certainly drive me to, to continue regardless of how quickly those deals might come in or how quickly the, the revenue might generate. Um, but just knowing that like they see value out of this service and, um, and that their clients will see value out of the service would, would certainly be sort of a, you know, a push in the right direction. And you're doing really good with these questions, by the way. I know they're kind of on the spot, <laughs> tough questions, but I, I, you're doing fantastic with this thought experiment. Um, but we're kind of into, into days, May 1st now. Right. Um, how many freelancers do you want to collect that feedback from that would trigger the, okay, like this is, we're going to, we're going to move forward with this. And, you know, the, 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 the reason I ask this, and this is, this is what I always try to do here is I always try to take the guesswork out, right? And of course, there's always going to be guessing along the way and educated guesses, mm -hmm. but, by containing certain moves in little experimental petri dishes, you can try things without right. worrying, and that's that's what I'd like to kind of ex explore and see if by the end of this there, we we can set up some sort of uh, deadline with a certain number or a number of people, or you want to collect feedback from certain certain people, or have conversations with X number of people to sort of at least get started and contain conversations and, and actions to then inform whether or not you want to move forward or not. And then it's a, 
it's a it's a green light or or it's a, a yellow light okay that didn't work or that's you know not what we thought was going to happen or that's not the feedback we had imagined so let's you know go back to not the drawing board but let's let's try something different or you know you might just be able to make a decision at that point well you know it, it's pretty obvious at this point that we don't even have to worry about it anymore let's go and explore another option so okay. how how many freelancers would you likely want to be able to, to, to help at first. I mean, I, I usually say, you know, just find one, like find one freelancer and that, that like for, for most people, you know, like it, this is na- mostly for people who are just getting started in business. Like they have trouble selling, they have trouble having conversations. So I usually say just, just one, but you, you, you're established, you've done this already and you have certain goals related to it. So h- how many would you need to feel comfortable to basically say, yeah, I would totally be down for that. Let's do it. I think, you know, the number I, I keep thinking of when you, you talk about this is probably like 10 or 12. Yeah. Um, we have, you know, we work with uh, five or six sort of solo website builder partners right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they probably generate, you know, I would say, several thousand dollars a year in revenue for us over a variety of different projects. Um, but each one of those has their own I guess we quote them a different way. And what I'd love to do is have the conversation with the existing client saying, how about we move to this model? Um, is this something you're interested in? Small monthly commitment, maybe sort of a lower per project pricing or a more defined per project pricing. Um, and then go out and find, you know, a half a dozen more um, that sort of are, are similar to them and uh, and get that validation from them as well. And whether that's a commitment or or even just a, you know, a feedback with some, with a conversation. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like that. And this way, instead of just choosing something and going into that lane forever, you're kind of just switching into that lane for a little bit to see how it feels. And then if you don't like it, you can switch back to another lane and that kind of hopefully at least relieves a lot of the pressure related to making mm-hmm. this decision. Is that, does that feel like that would be the case? Yeah, it does. And and even having this conversation with you, my, my first thought was like, okay, like we'll find a direction and I'll just go out there and I'll market to them. <laughs> and, and I just, I guess having this conversation, thank you. It's, it's, um, it's kind of refreshing knowing that, yeah, I can just have, I can start with some conversations uh, and I can start by getting a little bit more validation before sort of overcommitting my time um, and, and really, you know, choosing and dedicating towards one stream, I guess. So, right. uh, yeah, it totally makes sense. Good. I mean, this, this is R&D. This is research and development, mm-hmm. which, you know, larger companies, they have a budget for this because they know how important it is to making decisions in the future. And, so, you know, part of R&D is trying things and, and, you know, spending some time and potentially money testing something and realizing, okay, that doesn't work, but that's why you do it so that you can make those decisions and, and, and be confident with them moving forward. Another thing, I suggest is when you have these conversations, it's so, man, this thing is set up for you to at least give you some answers because you have some freelancers that you're working with right. already. Um, go to them and tell them, like, if, if this is something you're going to build, you know, freelancers hang out with each other. Like, they, they, they get together, they share ideas with each other. They likely would love to, sh- to be the ones to share that there's this new offering that you guys are giving that maybe they would love to share. And, you know, if there was some, like, in-house not deal but just like Mm -hmm. way for them to be first to access it like that would that would empower them to share with their friends to bring other people along and that way you wouldn't even really need to do outreach at first you can we can do outreach through referrals and just the network of uh, freelancers you've already built definitely yeah no i had had that thought as well and we um a, a couple of our freelance partners actually run 
sort of web design training groups on Facebook and um, and have been hesitant to approach them about that just because it it wasn't um, as defined and, and it wasn't as processed. And I think you know the in it's it's I think it's a mindset issue as well, sort of a you know scarcity versus abundance. But the thought of why would they want to share us if we're their competitive advantage? Um, but if we can position ourselves like almost like a tool or a resource for them, um, that, that basically will just benefit the whole community, then, then I think you're right. Then I think it's, it's a, Hey, come check out this resource. Uh, you know, they do great work and they, they can support the community kind of thing. Um, and I think, yeah, that would be a, a wonderful sort of avenue it would take a lot of pressure off me in terms of, of outreach. Um, and would be a, yeah, a great strategy for, for growth. Love that. Okay, now let's go back and and do this thought experiment again. But let's say you made the decision to you know put that freelance idea aside and pick the uh, sort of more direct to business model. And now it's 2019, and that's that's all you're doing right now. How, how do you feel now? I, I feel a whole lot more stressed. Um, I feel like. If I lose any one or two big clients, then it, it might mean having to let go a specialist. Hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the struggles I've had with the directed business is as the agency grows and the size of the client grows, um, each, you know, one client is now worth, you know, maybe a, an entire headcount. Um, then right. there's a whole lot more stress on continuing the growth to support the team and to support their jobs. Um, as as well as my own kind of thing, um, but there's more of an impact if if you do lose you know um, one particular contract and you know what is the I guess what is the challenge of an SEO only firm to grow that big when we don't do paid and we don't do social um, you know if if we're focusing on sort of one know, specific method of of online marketing, what's not to once a business gets to uh, you know, a certain size, will they just turn to a full service agency? And then, mm. you know, then, then we're out of luck anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think it's the stress that, that I feel a year from now, if, um, if I go that route. Okay. So this, this basically informs what your next steps are, right? Mm-hmm. In, ter- in terms of, okay, well, which one do I, do I try to figure out first? I mean, I, th- I think it's pretty obvious, right? I, I think it is. It is as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the the small design shop, the, the solo website builder freelancer, I think would be the direction. Cool. And, and to one of your points earlier, like, I really, really love the idea of bringing the community together. Uh, right. Like you said, in masterminds for people who maybe they pay a little bit more to get a little mm-hmm. bit more access. Um, maybe even an event down the road, yes. uh, which is right. really cool. I think that the only thing that I don't even know if we can we can go through this now, and I, I probably wouldn't recommend it. But you just have to make sure that the numbers are, are there uh, for right. for where you and your brother want to be. Can't it, like you had mentioned two hundred to four hundred. How much are they paying? How like what's the churn? Um, how many new clients do you need? How many can you handle? What does that mean for staff? Mm-hmm. Like all those kinds of details. Um, now that you know that that's the route that you want to go down, like it may adjust your numbers a little bit, sure. but then you can. Kind of reverse engineer. Okay, if that's if those are our numbers, and that's really where we want to be in a year or by the end of the year, then how many do we need to get by mid year? And right, you know those those kinds of decisions can be made um, with actual actions behind it. Mm-hmm. And then it just comes to building out how do we get them. 
<laughs> but it's not, I mean, which, which you, is much easier to, to do once I know who we're going to get, I guess. Yes. And these conversations that you're going to have are, are going to be really important. Right. Um, very cool. Is there anything else on your mind related to this that you're kind of not clear on at this point? Um, you know what? You had brought up community and I had touched on it quickly. I guess just a, a quick um, input from you in terms – I know you have such a large community and I guess your your input on if I were to build out a private community of, you know, of the freelancers we work with. Uh, we've historically used Slack. I know – Facebook groups are, are big for this. I know mm-hmm. internal forums are, are also an avenue. What would you, I guess, just sort of gut check recommend um, as a starting point for that? I mean, as a starting point, I mean, I've, I've, I've done them all and I've been a part of them all. So Facebook groups, obviously great because it's on Facebook and I manage large communities there from 200 for some of the students of my particular courses all the way up to about 40,000 for my larger SPI community. And the nice thing about that is Facebook will scale with you. Um, the, the unfortunate thing is, number one, uh, you, you, it, it's hard to archive things on Facebook, especially right. you know if there's great conversations, that conversation happens and then it kind of goes away. And so you kind of have to ask yourself, like, what, what would that particular component, the community, like what, what would that forum be for? Now, I would imagine that for freelancers who are sharing tips and they want to kind of, you know, have potentially private conversations in there, Slack could be an amazing offer. And there's a lot more perceived value with something like Slack as well and probably something that your freelancers are already using right. uh, with, with their own team. Um, I have a Slack channel with my accelerator group. So some of my higher level paying uh, students, uh, they all can communicate together and there's announcements and, you know, the conversations on Slack are a lot more defined and there's certain channels that you can create i would imagine though i mean i only have 20 people in there i don't know what it would be like with 10 times as many people if, right if, if it would be too noisy which facebook can control the noise a little bit um and then the other solution would be to build out your own forum where mm-hmm. if you know you have enough people and you know that you have the ability to keep it active uh then that's a great solution because it's your own brand it's in your own system and it's you, you know what you get when you get there and it's it can be easily archived and there's obviously plugins and other things that you can use right. to, to to manage that but the downside of that is if it's a ghost town then mm-hmm. it's going to it's going to look very poor for everybody new who comes in like oh well, this is, nobody's here like why am i right. here so just i'm not telling you to pick one over the other but those are just kind sure. of some pros and cons but i i definitely think a Communication component is is important, um, and that's a great way to to get people to stick, especially if you're charging a recurring fee to stay in. I mean, people come for the content, and they often stay for the community. So I think I definitely think that's an important ask a uh, question to ask for sure. Wonderful, yeah. No, thanks for your input on that, Pat. Yeah, absolutely, um, man. Adam, we talked about a lot of things today. What is the number one lesson that you are taking away, and what might your next action steps be? Uh, I guess my my lesson to take away is that uh, you know that that you are able to explore and seek validation without um, you know committing forever, <laughs> and uh, and to that note, you know my my action is going to be to have that conversation with our existing freelance partners, um, and and to go out and you know and perhaps based on their referrals have a conversation with you know at least six other freelancers to get some validation on this model. Um, and to see if we can get some adoption on that. Perfect. I love it. Adam, thanks so much. And if people want to go and check out your business and um, all that you have going on, where can they go? 
Yeah, they can go to seobrothers.co. And uh, yeah, Pat, thank you so much for the opportunity. It was great to, great to chat. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to checking up on you later and seeing how things are going. Thank you. Adam, thank you so much for coming in and calling in today. SEO Brothers, man, it's just destined for even bigger things. You're all doing really well already, and I cannot wait to see how much better it's even going to go after uh, you do these things and, and experiment and validate and you know whether you have to reevaluate and revalidate or not. Like that's the way to go about it. That's how you build your business. You experiment so that you can remove the guesswork. That's that's really what it is. And so uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode and you love the format of this show and just the idea behind Ask Pat and helping coach other entrepreneurs and helping you at the same time, if you really like that, can you help me convince others to like it too? Be very simple for you to do that. All you have to do is go to iTunes uh, on your device or on a desktop right now and um, you know don't like do it while you're driving or anything like that. But all you have to do is leave a quick review and a rating for Ask Pat. That would mean the world to me, and I do read them all. I do see them in all in all countries, and uh, it would just be awesome if you did that because uh, you know I know there's a lot of people who stumble across this show and they're like Ask Pat, I'm like what? I don't I don't understand. Um, you can help them understand. So thank you so much. I appreciate you for that. And make sure if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe because we we have a lot of great content coming your way, including next week, some stuff related to coach versus a mastermind versus like what are my next steps, all those kinds of things. So make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Cheers. Thank you so much. I love you guys. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now you might've noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show, for now at least. And this way we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.